This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Well, hello to everybody in the chat. And uh, hey, thank you for stopping by the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, live edition Scarif Live here on Saturdays. We do uh, we do a show every Saturday um, as long as I've got a topic and a guest to talk about and uh, kind of hang out with. Uh, obviously, the chat uh, is uh, present as always. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Um, get ready to get nostalgic, everybody. I've got uh, Heidi backstage waiting to come out. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, 70s TV sci-fi costumes. We've got a couple of favorites. And uh, I want to make sure that uh, this uh, this show is interactive. So please, in the chat, um, I think uh, Heidi and I picked out um, three each, three shows that we, uh, that we enjoyed back in the day. And... Um, we uh, we kind of singled out some some of our favorite costumes from that era, and uh, we will be talking about it. And obviously, we want your input, everybody in the chat. Um, what else? A couple of announcements uh, later on. Um, I um, I stumbled upon an Etsy shop that um, is uh, has some really really cute stuff, and uh, I'm going to show you guys. Um, this stuff here from your weird aunt, um, head on over to the Etsy shop and kind of browse through some of the items there because they are fantastic. Uh, when, uh, Heidi comes on, I'm going to show you some of these earrings that I, that I got for uh, a giveaway here at the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. They are super, super cute. I was telling Heidi, um, I purchased a, a set of, uh, Scarif Shore Trooper earrings the the lego figures which uh i i might actually keep i i don't wear earrings but i might actually keep them because they are super cool so that's going to be a giveaway uh later on in the evening uh for some lucky uh i i think i got um i got three items so we'll uh hopefully we'll give out three uh three of the items from uh from the etsy shop they are super super cute um so that'll be a lot of fun um 70s costumes from 70s sci-fi television right we love that stuff we love talking about costumes we love uh when we have heidi over she's uh too cool for school and uh we've got some uh other collaborations coming up we'll we'll tell you all about that later um uh, but uh let me push a couple of buttons and say hello to the chat but uh we'll bring heidi out in uh about 30 seconds we'll be right back this station is now the ultimate power in the universe And welcome to the Citadel here at the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. Heidi, how's it going? Oh, great. I'm so happy to be here. I am happy that you are here. I'm happy that you're happy because it's always fun 
hanging out with you, talking costumes. Uh, you are my number one costume guest. So thanks for coming. That's awesome. Well, anytime I get to talk costumes, it's funny because I was having a bit of a, like yesterday, I had a bit of a crappy day at work. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at some costumes and it always cheers me up. Absolutely. Um, I was doing some research last night, putting together, you know, the graphics and stuff like that. And yeah. um, it's wonderful to lose yourself or to be able to lose yourself in, in you know, all this crazy nerdy stuff that we love. Um, and then, you know, costumes, obviously. Do you feel that costumes um, are overlooked in, in the fandom? You know, we always talk about, you know, characters and Darth Vader and and, uh, you know, Blade Runner and, and all that stuff. But do you think that costumes are um, kind of uh, an afterthought for fans? Well, I, I probably used to think that, but now not so much because with Instagram, I'm noticing that a lot of the designers are posting their pictures on there mm -hmm. and they get a huge amount of following. And like today, I just found, I mentioned to you earlier that I know a little bit about the Blade Runner designer. And I, I saw this incredible interview that he did with some fans of the show. So obviously people want to dig into not just the story and the cast and, and the special effects and all that, but I think they, I think it is integral. It's really important to, you know, the look and feel of the show and, and, you know, sometimes there's going to be a show that you watch and you won't even notice the costumes, but that's sometimes a good thing as well. If you sure. don't really notice the costumes or the wardrobe, but on something fantastical, like star Wars, obviously, how can you not notice the costumes? Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of star Wars, there was an announcement today that the acolyte is going to be shown. Um, it's going to be released this, uh, this summer. Um, I think the acolyte is one of those shows that we were expecting to be released, uh, this year along with, uh, skeleton crew, which stars, yes. uh, Jude law. And, oh, um, oh, that's cool. Like, cause yeah. you know, we did, we did a show and I, I'm not sure if we did it on here talking about our most anticipated shows of 2024. So those were two that you had. Yes, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, more so than, you know, everybody wants a uh, Ahsoka season two, and obviously that's coming. But I think um, the Acolyte and Skeleton crew for me are are very, they're kind of like mysterious. Uh, we don't know a lot. There hasn't been a lot of uh, material that's been leaked. Um, so I, I kind of like that. I kind of like when I go into a Star Wars not knowing a lot. Um, I think Acolyte is one of those things. I mean, there are uh, there is, there was a, uh, kind of a cell phone leaked trailer from last year's star Wars celebration, uh, which was kind of a little grainy. It wasn't very clear. It wasn't officially released, but, um, you know, from what I saw, it looked pretty good. And I like my star Wars kind of serious and moody and dark. And I don't, I know a lot of people don't like it, uh, that like that too much, but, um, I like when I'm with you, brother, I'm totally the same, <laughs> yeah. which is why of the show of the more, the more, more recent shows, um, my favorite is Andor. Yes. Uh, I absolutely love Andor. By the way, I think I shared it with you. There's an amazing video that this science did, scientist did about the prison in Andor. I, oh. believe, I believe. Oh, I, yeah. You it is me. so fascinating. Yeah. I recommend everyone watching it. Yeah. Uh, she's actually a scientist out of uh, Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And she talks about why, uh, how they use the, the, the style of prison that they're using mm -hmm. um, and why it's so effective and terrifying. Right. Yeah. I, I watched that. Um, and I, I think I followed the, the, um, the, the, the scientist, the person on mm -hmm. screen. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, very fascinating stuff. I think, um, 
you know, and it goes to show you uh, how much thought is put into, you know, some of that stuff, even even if it is to entertain and dazzle us with special effects. I think um, it goes a long way when the creators kind of think about, you know, real world stuff um, like that. Yeah, I t I'm going to tell Nicole, I'm going to let me let me look for it. OK, yeah. I will look for it uh, when we have a moment here and I will and post it. Yes. And then I'll, I'll <laughs> it's put on it my watch. It's on my watch thing. So I could just have to. Okay. Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't actually share it out. On, oh, I might've shared it on social media. I think you did. Cause that's okay. how, that's how I saw it. Um, okay. I, I, I want to say hello to, uh, let's say hello to some of the people in the chat. Backyard Tardis just coming on in Nicole, uh, Ubaldo, Isaac, Mara Jade Stark, Stark Walker. Yeah. Mara Jade um, is one of my friends. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Griffin, Isaac, Skywalker's Academy, a couple of, uh, Wonderful people, rural farm boys in there. What's up? And let's see, I'm going to go scroll all the way up. Andrew from the Science Fictionary podcast. Uh, waiting for him to drop new episodes because mm -hmm. I need me some Science Fictionary. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to, uh, yeah, go ahead and drop it in the chat when you get a chance. And then yeah, I'm I just scrolling through. <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube. I'm sure you guys do, but I, I mean, it's, it's probably really bad how much I watch. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. <laughs> are there any, uh, shows that you are anticipating, uh, coming out because of the costumes or something cool? Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. So my, my big one, and I mentioned this on that, on that live stream we did is Shogun, uh, mm -hmm. which is coming out on February 27th. And I'm super excited. It's sort of, it takes place in 1600 Japan, like feudal Japan. Oh, so it's got Japan. the samurai, you know, we have the, uh, and uh, Hiro Sonata is in it. You know, he was mm -hmm. in John Wick, which we were supposed to do a uh, video about. Yeah. Uh, he's in John Something. Wick 4. Yeah. And, but also he was in, in uh, Westworld. So I love him. And as well, uh, there is another one called The New Look. It's coming out February 14th on Valentine's Day. It's about Christian Dior, about his life. Oh, cool. So Christian Dior is one of the most famous uh, fashion designers of our generation. Actually, I guess he'd be an earlier generation, but he invented The New Look, which is why the show is called The New Look. And I had the privilege of seeing his New Look um, exhibit. Uh, when it came to Toronto, but it kind of toured all over. So two shows, oh, very nice. but there's so many, there's so many, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think Andor's coming back this year. I believe they it's might next not. Year. Yeah. So it will be yeah. the following they, year. I think today or yesterday is, uh, um, they announced that they just start, they just finished, uh, principal photography. Oh, so, so it's going to take a while, but, um, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, and the, the new look is on Apple Plus, if you guys are wondering. Okay. And then cool. Shogun is on Hulu. And it's based on the James Clavell book from, you know, when we were kids. Uh, they made a 1980s version with uh, uh, Tafira Mifune and Richard Chamberlain. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> it was really yeah, big. Like, my, yeah. my whole family watched it. Yeah, it was a big deal. Richard it Chamberlain was a big, was a big back star then. back then. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Sorry, I can't say I, his name. Toshiro. I, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned, you know, we, we have a good thing going with Prop Store. And we have, mm -hmm. uh, we've got some shows coming up. We did we have do. a show coming up, but they um, they didn't want to do that particular one. But we're I'm very excited about the next one that we're going to be doing. Um but, uh, you know, when, 
when it gets closer to to reality and when we start planning that we'll uh, we'll obviously uh tell everybody mm -hmm. about that but uh yeah the prop store has been really great to us uh i'm glad that they enjoy uh when we uh feature their um auctions because uh the, the, those items are a lot of fun. The costumes, the props. Uh, we've done uh, how many? How many shows have we done with them? I think we like three? four, maybe four or five. Four, three or four. Wow. Yeah. And oh, and then in one one of the ones, the memorabilia one, they actually I went in and they have Sandy from Greece. So I was so excited mm. about that. Like one of her 1950s outfits from Greece. There was a ton of stuff in there. And I think we're are we allowed to mention what they're called, or maybe we're not. I think uh, I think not. Okay, yeah, we won't. I, I won't say anything. Yeah. They're still in the so I did see I did see Sandy in there though. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of good stuff. So it's gonna be really, really hard to narrow it down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw the email. I'm like, oh my God, yes, we are totally in. So uh we'll make that announcement uh when we can. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to do before we get into our um costume selections, I wanted to do a, a little show and tell. And I um mentioned at the top of the show yes. that um obviously some of the things that um that i found on the etsy shop i'm going to show you guys these are some cool ahsoka earrings and um, they're so beautiful they're real you know what they look like little uh, yeah. lego uh figurines in a way i think they are oh I, okay and i've never oh, seen what a great idea i've never yeah. seen grogu as a as a, oh, a so lego cute. little but these are adorable yeah. they're so cute um and then like i, I have said, a, i have like a, a a grogu knockoff by the way oh, really? i got him before they they officially launched one but i found this one and he looks kind of like he looks a bit like a sharpay oh that's hilarious <laughs> his face is all squished but i love him he's so cute those are beautiful too funny so how many pairs did you get um i got three so if you go to etsy uh just look for your weird ant shop I got three and then a, a whole bunch of stickers and buttons um, that she threw in. And um, that's that's really kind of you to shout her out too, like to support a, a small. Oh, business. I love Star Wars art. Um, yeah. It's it's fantastic. I love looking at stuff. Mm -hmm. I like, uh, you know, you know, kind of spreading the love, <clears throat> spreading the love. Um, By the way, I can I mention something like the yeah. other day you were posting on uh, about Starlog. Do you know that there a lot of the issues are digitized now? Like I found one online the other day. When oh I was my doing god! Some research. Yeah. So when I was doing research on Buck Rogers, I was like, oh, there's it's under the Wayback Machine. Okay. So I found so there some of it, them are digitized, but we were chatting about Bantha tracks, <laughs> mm -hmm. and. Uh, I don't even know how I went about it, but like, I don't know if you guys know about it, but it was like a newsletter that we used to get when we were kids Yeah, and they would send it how often. And sadly, like they, I also got, I think I was in a star Wars fan club. So I had all these, things I think that's that how you got them. Yeah. yeah. But sadly I had everything in a, in a container and it got damaged in a flood or something. So I don't have them. And I'm so sad about it. I would love to get access to the back issues, the band, the tracks, that would be really cool. I've got boxes and boxes of not only comic books, but like fan magazines. Um, and I think I do still have all my star logs. I'm going to have to go look through them. Um, yeah. I think I proposed to uh, one of our friends of the podcast, Scott Rifen, because he's got a couple of them too. And we, you know, when we get together, we can talk about star Wars. till we're ruling the faith, but, but face, but I think, um, I think I, I, I had proposed to him uh, to kind of grab a couple of star log magazines and, you know, we, we can do a show where we just kind of flip through them and then read mm -hmm. the uh, the headlines and stuff like that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, because Starlog also did horror. That's one of the things too. That was sort of my right kind of my first early mm-hmm. introduction to horror was mm-hmm. through Starlog. And and they were they were doing in the 70s and 80s, they were doing like a lot of psychological horror as well. Yeah. So uh, but like coma was one that real or scanners, like you know, some of these really trippy sort of mm-hmm. um uh or carry obviously was huge. Sure. That was like one of my first introductions to horror. It's like absolutely yeah. amazing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they is it was uh Starlog and then Fangoria, there was mm-hmm. Monster, Monster yep. Magazine, um, all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's talk about sci uh science fiction um costumes of the of the 70s. Um yeah, and I, I was mentioning to you that I had my hair blow dried out kind of 70s a little bit. I tried to do a flip, <laughs> but it's not quite a flip, but anyway, because I mm-hmm. usually have my hair sort of <laughs> so well, let, bro, i have yeah. like worked very hard to uh <laughs> you're you're fitting yeah you're you're uh yeah. you're, you're, and did you, you want me to show program. my show and tell as well yes your show oh. and tell what was that yeah all? and i have yeah. it clipped on so ro sent this to me and this was like it was so funny because i watched a um adam savage uh, he interviewed the uh one of the original guys from uh props guys from blade runner and showed him how to make the original ids and everything like they had the machine and everything so anyway so it was such a surprise when i got this in the mail from ro (laughs) (laughs) it's replicate replicant identification and i have uh zora so i'm salome so i'm so lucky she's obviously her picture is of her in her uh in her costume that she wears at the club where she dances with the snake so that's very cool and uh, Ro, you said that this doesn't expire too. So it's an all access pass. I can it's use it. It's an all to... access. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can yeah, use it uh... indefinitely. It has a barcode. So, right. you know, if I need to get it, I need to go in somewhere and they scan it. I yep. should try using it and see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, sorry, ma'am, you can't pay with your, uh, your uh, Blade Runner card. <laughs> too so funny, I'm just wearing it funny. on here on my, uh, on my blouse. Excellent. To excellent. Keep near me. That was such a lovely gift. And also you sent me all these. He sent me like some post-it notes and he sent me some buttons. And yeah, it was just stickers. Fun stuff. So it fun was stuff. it was really, really fun. It was a lovely surprise. Um, I'll tell you guys how to uh, be able to uh you know qualify to win a couple of these uh towards the end. I got a I got an idea. I'll let you guys know. But um all right, let's talk about uh costumes of the 70s, uh, as far as science fiction mm-hmm. television. And, um, you know, for those of us who have a little gray in our beard, uh, especially uh, those of you guys in the chat, um, I want you guys to weigh in as we talk about our shows here and uh, see what uh, what shows do you guys remember and what uh, costumes do you guys remember? Um, Let's go with one of your selections. Um, Any preference? I got all the graphics. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. I it doesn't matter. I can I can work with what you're doing. All right. So uh let's um let's go with the bionic woman. Yay! Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um so you know it's funny, uh the Saturn Awards were uh I think it was last week. Uh we were watching them in one of our Discord channels. Um I'm rarely in Discord, but we were watching them. I think it was uh the guys over at Science Fictionary. Um Andrew mm-hmm. was hosting a watch party and um Lee Majors and Lizney, Lindsay Wagner came out to present. And I swear, I mean, they they both look fantastic. Um, I wanted to see more of them uh, than just presenting. Uh, Lindsay Wagner still looks uh, looks great. 
And, um, you know, they presented the award and they walked off stage and I'm like, oh, no, I want to see more of them. Yeah. So um, tell me about the about why you selected this costume. Sure. Oh, before I do, I I put a link to that. um, The Andor prison video. It's actually called the most disturbing prison in the universe. That's what it's called is the name of the video. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to check it out anyway. okay. well, why I chose this. okay. um, you know, imagine I'm a little girl in the 1970s and I'm watching like Charlie's Angels and I'm watching Wonder Woman and I'm watching the Bionic Woman. And of course, what was the most impressionable thing to me is that, you know, here was a strong female character. She was smart. She was intelligent. Um, uh, she could kick ass. So that was really something attractive to me. And the reason why I always loved the Bionic Woman, it only ran in like three seasons from like 1976 to 1978. So it was actually quite short lived. And she was a spinoff of the Bionic Man, which you were mentioning, Lee Major. Mm-hmm. Lee Majors, who was married to Farrah Fawcett. But uh, why I chose this one is this outfit is the thing that she wears during the uh, the intro, like the the titles of the series. And, and I just think it's so like simple and kind of, but at the same time, very recognizable. Like she was like a tennis player, I believe, uh, before the accident. And so she, you know, it looks like something I probably would have worn, which is another thing I like about it. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. she's wearing sort of slightly flared denim pants with this like fleece sort of zip top. And then she's wearing little white running shoes. And then as of course you're showing, they did an action figure in this outfit. They actually did a bunch of different action figures of her in different outfits. And Mm -hmm. I think they even did a Barbie as well. I never had the Barbie, but my friend had the biotic man and uh, you could look through his eye. I, I remember like look through the, the back of his head and then look you through can, the back like of his a, head. Yeah. There was like so a little there, scope in his head. So there was a, there was a Barbie of her, but it was, and you could buy different clothes and stuff and accessories. So obviously they were going after the young market. And from my memory, the show was pretty, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty general. Like it wasn't, it wasn't very adult, like in, in my memory at any rate, until maybe you got to the fembots and then it started maybe getting a bit scary. But other than that, so I always thought, you know, Lindsay Wagner, she was girl next door, beautiful. Um, she was smart and funny and and strong. And so it just, you know, really great character. And I just thought this was a, a really fitting costume. Yeah, Bionic Vision, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't have too much to say. The, the costume designer's name was Charles Waldo. Um, but you know what, honestly, there's not a lot of information. This is the problem. Some of some of these older shows, there's not a lot of information about some of these older shows and I'm kind of sad about it. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, I was watching an interview with one of the other costume designers and I kind of feel like it's so important to uh, chronicle like what the, these designers did mm-hmm. and if possible, you know, archive like at least photos of their work and everything. But sadly, a lot of these shows, they happen so fast and gosh knows where the costumes went. They could have ended right. up like just, you know, donated or uh, maybe the cast took them home or who knows. Um, but yeah. So I don't know what you got, if you put your memories of the Bionic Woman were. Well, and it's funny because I know some costumes sometimes ended up in uh, thrift stores. Uh, yeah. Don't donated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, uh, it's a shame. And it's funny, you know, even putting together, Putting together this graphic, there was not a lot of actual pictures uh, that I can use um, from Indeed. the show. 
Yeah. So, like in those ones, those two that you have of her, they're from the opening of the show. Yeah. Screenshots. Um, yeah. Screenshots, I think, from the from the opening of the show. So, yeah, it's it's just too bad. But I, some of the things like, for instance, if it, I think if they thought it was an important movie, like Gone with the Wind or something, for instance, they did know to take photos and, and you know, uh, still images and, and try and, you know, take museum pictures and then they would go into preservation or something. But for some of these television series, it's the same thing when I was doing Logan's Run it was a movie and then it was a TV series. Like a lot right. of these were, I think mm -hmm. this was a thing in the seventies, by the way, I noticed. And uh, so there's not a lot of information about it. Like, except for if it's something occasionally comes up for auction or mm -hmm. if they talk about it on the DVD, uh, right. that's kind of the only way I can really find any information about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nick backyard TARDIS says, I'm really surprised that bionic woman hasn't come back. It's funny because there's a lot of shows yeah. from the seventies that are, you know, starting to come back. Obviously you got, uh, well, it's not from the seventies, but the eighties, uh, quantum leap, there's a new quantum leap, which, um, what do you feel about, uh, these shows that have been rebooted or redone? Are there well, any that you really enjoy or like? I mean, it, it might be a blessing in disguise that some of these yeah. shows. Are well, I just I'm, I'm watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and I thought it was really oh, good. Oh, okay, all right. So that was one that I watched recently. Um, I'm trying to think of a show that has been brought back. I was some of them. I think it's like, oh wow, they're doing that already. It was only out like 20 years ago, but it's kind of yeah. like I guess a cycle. Like you know, everyone's grown up now, and we need to do it again. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of one. What what's one you're thinking of or that you like? No, you know, the only one, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure at the end of the show, I'll think of all of them, but, um, mm -hmm. like, like, yeah. you know, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't crazy about them redoing Blade Runner to, to be fair. Uh, because I thought that that movie was perfect. <laughs> it, yeah. And I, I think I still do. I think I still like the original. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't too crazy with, with the new Blade Runner. Um, but that's, that's no. another, that's another podcast. And I, and I love the director. He's a fantastic director. Yeah. He's doing the Dune, right. But, uh, and he's Canadian. He's from Quebec. A great, a great director. And I've seen a few of his movies, which are so good, but I just, mm -hmm. that one, I, I, yeah, I don't know. And I, my husband and I were both like, did not like Jared Leto in that. We just mm -hmm. thought he was so awful yeah. in that role. So, um, I think Ryan Reynolds was good though, or Ryan Gosling. Sorry. I think he was pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Nick. Uh, let's see here. Hawaii Five O, mm -hmm. Magnum PI. There you go. He's he's the guy that that knows it all. MacGyver. Yeah, I mean, not very memorable. These uh, these. I don't new remember shows. any of those reboots. I don't yeah, remember I remember that. Magnum PI. I mean, I I work at NBC, so the NBC building. You see the Magnum PI poster all over the place. Mm -hmm. Quantum Quantum Leap. Um. Yeah, but again, not very memorable. I think Quantum Leap is about to get canceled. Um, but um, yeah, sometimes, uh, like you said, I, I think uh, sometimes they should just leave uh, mm -hmm. leave perfection. Well, I mean, an example that I think where they're doing a really good job with it is Star Trek. I think they do. Oh, they've been yeah. doing an amazing job with that. And my husband's just like he loves. Uh, he's pretty much watched all the reboots. Mm -hmm including the the cartoon one the animated one he loves that one oh, and then yeah. they did a fun little crossover like they did like they took the animated one and then they I took saw the that, characters yeah. and they put it in which was strange I was new like, world yeah strange new worlds yeah it was it was really well done and picard is really good oh yeah absolutely. super highbrow mm -hmm. excellent 
All right. So um, I was talking to you about uh, an early uh, rediscovered crush that I had, and I'm sure yes. I'm not the only one. But uh, if you guys remember the show uh, Isis with uh, Joanna Cameron, and I didn't realize um, she uh, she passed away of a stroke uh, recently in 2021. Oh, no. Yeah, she was uh, living in Hawaii, kind of uh, not secretive, but she wanted to stay away from the limelight mm -hmm. of Hollywood. Yeah. And, um, you know, live a, a modest life in, in Hawaii. But, uh, yeah. Oh my God. I, I just, I remember having a, a huge crush on, on ISIS, um, uh, watching the show, uh, on TV. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go out on a limb, uh, later on when I, uh, introduce another one of my shows, but I, I think I'm starting to, uh, to recognize a pattern and we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there, but, um, sure. One yeah, thing she, that I, uh, she, uh, it's funny because I forgot about how she, how they, they always put glasses on them when they want them to be, you know, okay, let's put a pair of glasses on them and put her hair in a ponytail <laughs> to disguise yeah. them. Sure. Uh, by the way, I think she kind of looks like Natalie Wood a bit. Yes, absolutely. You know, if you guys all remember Natalie Wood. Yeah. She no, does. she's a classic she... beauty for sure. Mm -hmm. Now you wouldn't be able to do a remount of this show because of the name. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, because I think you're going to be alluding to the the Egyptian. Is that what you're going to allude to? We'll, yes. We'll yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely get there. I had. Um, I was having a chat with Jack about that earlier. So yeah, we can get into that. Yeah. I actually, I have to say, I love her glasses. I think those are really cool. They're really big. Like, was she? What was her her day job? She was. Oh, and I just read it. Um, what was she? She looks like she I might. She was, she was a, a researcher, research scientist, a researcher, right. scientist. Yes. Yeah. Because that's why she's wearing the big glasses. Yes, the classic glasses trick. Exactly. Oh. But you know, this is uh, this is one of those shows that I forgot existed until maybe a year or a year and a half ago, when I was discussing, um, you know, old television from the seventies. I think mm -hmm. we did a. We did a, a, a Battlestar Galactica show, a Buck Rogers show back uh, maybe a year and a half ago. And then somebody pointed out ISIS and then I had to go look for it. And, you know, again, this is one of those shows that I really couldn't find a lot of imagery imagery for. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, you know, this flying um, this flying shot and, and um, not a lot of uh, photos of uh of the shows, you know, a couple of screenshots from people that, uh, you know, kind of digitize some of the episodes or whatever. Um, but, uh, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Big crush, uh, Joanna Cameron. And one of the things that I uh, discovered, um, ISIS, uh, actually was the first female le led superhero show, oh. which, uh, preceded wonder woman by two months. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh I was I gonna say when you showed me the picture, I was like, oh my god, I watched that show as well. Yeah. And then before we came on, I was like, Did you used to watch Sid and Marty Croft? And what the show was, I was trying to remember, mm -hmm. it was called uh Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. That was the show the that familiar. and that was on uh, in 1976. So it was like two women. And it was funny because one of them was like tall and blonde, and the other one was little. So, uh, so, you know, I was saying like, you know, we had, we were having these female superheroes. And mm -hmm. so when you're like a young woman, like, you know, same with Princess Leia, 
you have these strong female leads, it, it really mm. makes a, an amazing impression on you. Sure. Yeah. Growing um, up. Both shows came out in 1975. Uh, Wonder Woman came out in November of that year, and mm -hmm. Isis came out in September. So, uh, missed it by that much. Yes, yes. <laughs> Call you on my shoe phone there. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly. actually that was probably my favorite show growing up as a little kid. Oh, I like, love it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I still Go watch. Ahead, I still watch. I, I sometimes I do like a little the, don't of, the cone of silence. The cone of silence. Yeah, absolutely. And Agent uh, eighty six. Uh, you know Barbara Eden or Barbara yeah. Feldman. Barbara, mm -hmm. one of them. Yeah, not Barbara okay. Eden. That's Jeannie. not Barbara Eden. Bar Barbara. It was well. They did a remake of that actually, and it was really good with Steve Carell. I loved it. And I Anne, think so. I remember Anne that. Hathaway. Yeah. But absolutely. no, really great. So we just you and I could just talk about like you know uh, stuff we grew up with all all day. Absolute, and I'm coming down day. to Chicago. I'm going to come. I promise. I have to. Come excellent, excellent, excellent. Can't wait. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, what do you got next? Let's uh, put in. Uh, let's go to the 25th century Ooh. with Buck Rogers. Now I, I know you said you had a crush on Isis. I can't remember if I had a crush on Jill Gerard. Gil Gerard. Hmm. Uh, possibly I put this picture on the one on the left on my Instagram and someone was like saying how he had sweet heels and I, and I was like, Oh, you're right. They are, they're like a Cuban heel, like uh, that a dancer would wear. And I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if maybe that's what they are. They're like huh. a dancer's shoe sure. and Jill Gerard had sick moves. He was yeah. an amazing dancer. Like yeah. so good. I still love that scene where he's trying to, uh, get the DJ to kind of loosen up and, and the <laughs> yeah. song plays. It's I so love good. that scene. Now, when I went back to look at this, I I forgot. Like back in this is one thing. Back in the seventies, they used to do pilots, and the pilot would be a mini movie or a movie. Like so, this was a ninety-minute movie, the pilot, mm -hmm. and then they waited to see how it was received, and if it was received well, then they made it into a TV series. So this outfit he's wearing was actually he wore it in the pilot. Um, and it was designed by Jean-Pierre Dorliac, who also did Battlestar Galactica. Ooh. So this outfit, I, it's, it, it went up for auction at one point. So it's a white polyester satin two-piece ensemble, and it includes a long sleeve pullover rib V-neck tunic with a detachable collar and embroidered earth with laurel patch affixed to the uh, center chest and a pair of matching elastic waist ribbed paneled pants with stirrups. Uh, but one thing I, I thought was really, really interesting is that, oh, and of course this helmet, which you were talking about on uh, social media is probably oh, so, not yeah. the best design. Somebody said it was, uh, it, it looked dangerous it and da uh, very pointy uh, in, yeah. in the forehead there. So if your Absolutely. head kind of does some something weird, you get hurt. Yeah. Um, it looks cool. Yeah, but uh, he... You know, obviously you, you know, these suits on the women and the men, it doesn't leave much to, you know, you have to be in pretty good physical shape to be able to wear these outfits. But this was a thing right. in the 70s. This designer, he's really interesting. He was sort of talking about how he envisioned, envisioned the future. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess he, he was trying to use, you know, fabrics and things like that that were a little bit uh, different. You know, obviously he had worked in other types of shows, but like his historical shows, but he, for the future, he was like, well, you know, the world is my oyster. I can sort of imagine how I would want it to look. And so, um, he tried to use different types of fabrics 
And he wanted, he kind of did this sort of Star Wars thing where he wanted to create that sort of really crisp, like bright color as opposed to, um, you know, say something like Aliens, which is very dark and everything. Yeah, he right. he kind of went with that sort of technological, futuristic look. But the one thing that I thought was really, really fascinating, and I never knew this, is that he knew Edith Head, who is a very famous costume designer. She's won like eight Academy Awards. And Edith had told him, because we were speaking about collectibles earlier, that when he signs his contract, he should ask to keep at least six of his costumes. Mm, wow. So he actually would would keep some of them. And which is a good thing because in some cases they would like, you know, they would get sold off, or I'll tell you sure. later when we get to Battlestar Galactica. But uh I thought I was like a lot of costume designers don't do that nowadays. They do not keep the costumes ever. Mm -hmm. Like I've never, there might be the odd occasion where they might take some small thing, but I have never heard of a costume designer having it in their contract that they get to keep mm. certain pieces that they designed. It's a, it's a shame too, because so much work goes into putting these costumes. They are so intricate mm -hmm. and beautiful. And then, you know, they end up, you know, maybe 12 seconds of screen time or or, you know, even less. And, uh, and then, and then what, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, all of them cannot have kind of like a Lucasfilm archive where everything goes into a warehouse, uh, special collection for, for the films and stuff like that for the company. But yeah. you know, a lot of these films, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't enjoy that privilege and, and where do they, um, where do they end up? It's a, it's a shame. Yeah, there was a sort of like one of the costume per people that I follow online, she was saying there is some kind of auction going on right now. And people were mad that people that the auction houses are charging what they're charging. Like this outfit, for instance, went up for auction. That's where some of these pictures come from. Yeah. And I've often defended the auction houses, first of all, because they do such a great job archiving the costumes. They take amazing photos. They do the back, the front, the side, close-ups of the, all the details. So, you know, if you're a cosplayer, you can get really, you know, um, I think I I think that that might, is probably a pin because as you can see in the picture there, he's not wearing it. So I suspect right. it was, I suspect it was a pin. Sure. Does it say here? Um, yeah, it could be a pin. It doesn't say... Oh, wait. And it's embroidered. It's an embroidered earth with laurel patch affixed to the center chest. So it's it's okay. a, a patch. It's a patch. Okay. All right. um, but anyway, so yeah, they archive everything. I think I've mentioned this to you before, Ro. And then, you know, so and the reason why the prices can get go up and up and up is because let's say one person will buy it. Uh, they'll have it in their collection for a while. And then they'll go, okay, or, you know, maybe someone passes away and then someone in their family will sell it. So it it's like anything. It's like a, it's like it appreciates right over time. And it's not just about what the item is. It's about the, um, kind of the importance that it has. So for instance, I kind of got into a fight with somebody about Dorothy's dress from the wizard of Oz, okay. because, you know, honestly, it's just a very simple blue gingham jumper, like, you know, um, with a blouse and the shoes aren't even included in it, but there's only a few that exist. And it has such historical importance. Right. That it's not the the dress itself that is important. Mm -hmm. It's the historical, the fact that it was worn by Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. There's only a few, like the same with the shoes. Sure. There's only a few pairs of shoes. So it's it's and it's our feelings about it. It's how we feel Absolutely. about that item. 
Um, yes, the Ruby slippers. And, and so how, so that's why something like Marilyn Monroe's, uh, seven year itch dress went for like millions. Sure. Because it's so iconic. Right. So whereas something like, you know, the John Wick one we just did, like some of those things went for like $500 or something, you Mm. know, like they don't have the same weight now. I don't know, like 50 years in the future, they may. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, who knows, right? Like some of the collectibles that you have in the future might be like worth a lot. So that's the reason why it, like it's like anything. It's it's an investment that these people make. And uh, but anyway, I I now want to go back and rewatch the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's an hour and a half. It's a very, you know, so I'm gonna redo that. I think I'm gonna go watch all the pilots. That's too funny. Yeah. You know, speaking of, of collectibles and things like that, and I think that's one of the reasons that, uh, as a collector, um, you know, we each have our, our piece that we connect to. And I, again, it's not because it's this valuable piece of plastic. It's the value that we put on it that makes it special. I think we want to be able to connect with, um, not only our childhood, but anything that we watched as a kid, anything that we watched, you know, growing up, whether it's a, you know, an action figure, a toy gun, a blaster, whatever. Um, But I think, um, I think collecting, you know, besides it being fun, I think uh, it's a very personal, uh, a personal thing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I was, by the way, someone was talking about the feather outfit. I think that, okay. What is, what is the show that, um, that George Lucas grew up loving that he wanted to make a space Western about. Do you, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. It was uh flash Gordon flash Gordon. Yeah. I right. think that might be there. There was, I believe there was like a 1970s, 1980s flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. And, and besides a movie though, was it, a, I think it was a movie with Dolph Lund- Lundgren. Yeah. Um, I just remember the, the, the one, the villain in it though. I think he wore, yes, Dolph Lundgren was it. Yeah. See? yeah. Um, Max von Sydow's in it. Oh, yeah. Sam Jones was, was Flash Gordon. Okay. Yeah. So what year was that from? 1980. But are, is that what you, is that what you're talking about? Cause I do remember there was somebody wearing, oh yeah. The villain, the villain was where the guy with the eyebrows and the bald head. I yeah. Think- is, is this what Dave is talking about? Yeah. Was it a hawk or an eagle? Is that what you're talking about? No. Or is it Buck Rogers? It was, I I think it was Buck Rogers. Oh, Uh, Buck Buck Rogers. The second season was when Hawk was in it and it was, Mm -hmm. uh, it was the dude with the feathered head. Um, that was the, yeah. And for everybody, Erin Gray, absolutely. She was just like, and again, she looks amazing by the way, too. Sure. Of course. Yeah. She, and Linda Carter, all of them, they all look so good. Absolutely. Um, No, she was absolutely stunning. And it was funny (laughs) because, I saw uh, her outfit. Her like, it looks like a sailor girl. Yes. I saw that came up for auction. Yeah, <laughs> it's like was sailor it the blue moon. one? It's a blue and white blue sailor one with, outfit. Yeah, with it, it definitely looks it like a look sailor. Like a little boat neck, and it's short. Yeah. And I'm laughing, and I'm like, that's supposed to be her, like on, like you know, space outfit. Yeah, hers. Yeah, it looks like sailor. Did it come moon, with a, did, it, did it come with a hat? I don't think it had a hat. hat. No, I think she just, it's when she's on the bridge or what have you. I think she wears yeah, that. That's too funny. <laughs> but I mean, you can't say anything because like Jill Gerard's outfits were so tight and, and right. as well, you know, and this is part of everything had to be tight. Everything had to be skimpy. This was, sure. this was, you know, 
uh, one of the things that one of the designers said is that his job was making the women look beautiful and gorgeous. That was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, and making the men obviously look very handsome and sexy. So sure. I think they did a good job with that in the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. What a fun time. So fun. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I mentioning Charlie's angels because again, like they, they just like every episode, they're like, oh my God, how many clothes they would go through? Like tons mm-hmm. and tons and tons and tons of clothes. And this is before like Dynasty and any of those big soap operas that came sure. out like later. So yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, like what is she wearing? Oh, that's amazing. And then my friends and I would actually have, we actually had a um, a Charlie's Angels Club. We had a Starburst mm-hmm. Club. We had a Charlie's Angels Club. Probably had a Planet <laughs> of the Apes Club. <laughs> sure, yeah. And we that's would play true. all the different roles. Like we were such nerds. <laughs> and it was that's just all funny. girls though, right? That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. So we pretended I always had to be Kate, the smart one. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I could see the resemblance. Oh uh, yeah. Well now, yeah, I, yeah, totally. I think that was perfect for me. Whereas my friends were blonde. So they got to be Jill and they got to be uh, whoever the other one was. That might, uh, that I might have good. to do, I might have to do a uh, hashtag wait a damn minute post you and Kate. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she was also an emergency. Do you remember emergency? Yeah, I remember emergency. Yeah, she yeah. Jackson. Yeah. She was the the nurse on emergency, sexy nurse. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. When I come, oh, when I come to Chicago, I'll dress up like Kate. <laughs> That'd be Kate awesome, Jackson yeah. From emergency. Too funny. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. <clears throat> All right, the next one that I have, and I know mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been mentioned in the chat a couple of times. Um, one of my favorite shows of the seventies post star wars on uh television was uh battlestar galactica the original battlestar galactica um i tried watching the reboot of battlestar galactica speaking of reboots but uh i really couldn't get into it yeah uh husband watched it uh he he did really like it mm-hmm. it fun fact by the way the showrunner on that is the same showrunner as outlander which oh, is okay. really weird right yeah. <laughs> oh, but then he did the Cylon series as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Caprica. Right. Oh, I loved Caprica. Yeah, it, I really it loved was, it. I... It was interesting. It was an interesting yeah. premise. I think mm-hmm. it might it might have been a little too cerebral for for regular fans or regular people. I don't know. Yeah, it I just, thought it was really good. Yeah, very very nice. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things that I really, really love about Battlestar Galactica, obviously, besides the, um, you know, the fact that, you know, at the time it was almost like Star Wars on television and, uh, you know, it it did share a lot of DNA with Star Wars. There were a lot of behind the scenes people uh, on both shows um, that were working on the, the, the TV shows, the the folks from ILM. Um, but, uh, one of the things that I really loved, you know, I, I, obviously I love the cast. They have such a wonderful, wonderful chemistry. Um, but the costumes again, very well thought out. They mm-hmm. don't, uh, they don't look like cheesy seventies costumes. Um, they don't look like, and I'll give you an example, you know, that show, um, and, uh, th- that show space 1999 or UFO, Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of like, uh, you, you know, especially UFO, I think had some, uh, very interesting costumes where it definitely looked, uh, seventies. Um, there was a lot of, uh, stretchy spandex that, uh, covered, uh, the actors, but this one really looks like it, um, you know, it, it came from that era or it came from that universe. You've got these, uh, these jackets, these flight suits that were mm-hmm. incredibly intricate. 
Um, I mean, take a look at the Apollo's dress uniform, the um, the what do you call it? The detail on the edge. You've got the necklace. You've got the 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 piping on on the collar, and obviously uh, his warrior uh, emblems there. Um, really, really nice, uh, nice looking outfits. And obviously, you know, talking about uh, eye candy for the ladies, you know, um, both Apollo and Starbuck uh, were definitely that for uh, for the show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was I was into Dirk Benedict. He was he was sort of my uh, my style. But then, and I forgot Rick Springfield had been it. So I yeah, I you know love Rick Springfield. I so I was going to tell you a quick story about this. Can I tell you after re- yeah. watching that interview? So this is really terrible. But after Battlestar Galactica shut down, apparently there was a ride, Battlestar Galactica ride. Hmm. <clears throat> I don't know where it was. They sent them all of the costumes. And so the staff who ran the ride, the Battlestar Galactica ride, wore all of the warrior outfits. And then the they had these other guys wear the Cylon outfits that would kind of jump out and scare the people oh on the God. ride. Wow. And they basically destroyed and trashed the costumes. Isn't oh, that terrible? No. It's horrible, but, yeah. But I was mentioning the costume designer, he had it in his contract that he would get to keep a few of the costumes. So he got to keep, I think, Rick Springfield's costume, which was, he said it's in, you know, pristine condition. The only thing he didn't get was the helmet. But obviously, um, this has come up for auction, though, I believe, right? Yes, I think I remember seeing it in the uh, prop store catalog. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it, you know, besides Star Wars, obviously, I mean, I think uh, Battlestar Galactica for me is uh, holds a lot of great memories. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Star Wars is a, a deep love for me. I think one of the biggest um, exciting movie experiences for me was seeing the Battlestar Galactica movie in the movie theater, because mm-hmm. I think the, pro- the projectionist at the time um, had the volume up to like 12 Wow. Or some or cr- some crazy number. And it was and long. It was like two hours and like twenty minutes or something. Something like that. Yeah. It was but I rem- long. I, I remember when the Colonial Vipers flew out of the Galactica. The rumble of the seats in the theater. It just it was very immersive. And as a kid, I was like, Oh my god, this is awesome. This is great. So yeah. I, I think uh, that's one of the reasons I really love the show. Obviously, the characters. Uh, Rick Springfield's uh, character's name was Zach. He was Apollo's uh, little brother. Apollo's little brother, yep. And, um, you know, um, Rick Springfield turned out to be a huge Star Wars fan. He's got a lot of action figures. He's got some oh, yeah? some very That's, valuable I've figures. I've always loved him. He's, I think and, he used to be on General Hospital. Yeah, absolutely. I, mm-hmm. wonder, I wonder if he's made any... Um, attempts to kind of maybe uh, grab some costumes from, from the show since he was in it. And he's such a fan of, of star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of cool. Um, especially if his, uh, his character's costume was still around. I think that would be great. Um, I have to tell you, this is really funny. So the designer, he had one of the Cylon costumes and mm-hmm. someone, a huge fan approached him and said, I'll give you 75 grand for that costume. And he gave it to uh-huh. him. Wow. He sold it to him. So if Rick Springfield has 75 grand, he probably would sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, nice. The other little story I was going to tell you, and I don't know what I have to go back and kind of go through this, but apparently, was there a comic or something? Yeah, there's you know comic adaptations of these shows. Okay, for sure. so apparently the designer said that I guess they made a comic, and then they depicted these outfits in the comic, and then someone accused the designer of stealing the ideas from the comic even though it was his own show, <laughs> like he did the movie 
Mm-hmm. And then he went into, and then he did, so he did the two and a half hour movie, two hour, hour, 20 minute movie, created all these character costumes. And then he went on and did like 21 episodes or something. Mm-hmm. So, and then someone accused him of stealing his own work. And it was really, really strange. Isn't that bizarre? It was, but yeah. The one, the fun fact I wanted to tell you is that the buckles that are on the jacket, those mm-hmm. are actually purse fasteners. So oh. he said that he had been collecting these buckles for some reason. He was like, I don't know. I'm going to do with these purse fasteners. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, you know what? These would actually be really great uh, jacket fasteners. And then people were asking like, well, why are the guys always just wearing the jackets open? And he said, well, they kind of wanted to have it be a little bit more relaxed, like a relaxed sort of feeling to them. So mm-hmm. that's why they usually just sort of wore it open um, to give it that. And But the other thing is he said that a lot of the trims and things he used, he re- used like real gold bullion. He didn't use oh, like wow. acetate. Like he used very high quality products. And for the warriors, they he used earthy colors for them. But then people like... Um, is it Graham Green or uh, uh, who's, yeah, Commander Adama? Adama. Lauren Green. What's his, what's his name again? Lauren Green. Lauren Green. Sorry, yeah. he's Canadian. Oh, cool. By the way, he was on another big show before that, like uh, Big Country or something. Bonanza. But, Bonanza. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so for but for the commanders, like for the high ranking people, he wanted to do sort of like a sky colors, uh, like you know, like the the night sky, like the blues of the night sky with the stars sure. and everything. So that's why they're sort of like that. So the and then the other fun fact that I wanted to tell you is that Ralph McQuarrie actually, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars came up with the original Cylon uh, design, but yeah. uh, the designer kind of took it and sort of made his his own. So. Those were the sort of the things that came across today. And I thought, I was like, but I need to do some more digging into it because it's it's really fascinating, right? It is fun. You know, Ralph McQuarrie designed, obviously he's a um, technical illustrator. Um, He designed a lot of uh, ships for, for science fiction in the seventies. Obviously George Lucas picked him up. Um, Ralph McQuarrie designed a ship that uh, looked like a, like what the X-wing ended up being, and it was uh, it was Buck Rogers' ship that that was almost going to be an X-wing, but George um, uh, discarded that design, and then it ended up being the X-wing. Um, obviously, the Colonial Viper is in there as well. Mm-hmm. But well, like and I if said, you look at these early concepts for the Cylons, they yeah. look like stormtroopers. Sure. Like I think they have like a T a T thing. Right. And then right. obviously the, uh, the the clone troopers from the, yeah, the prequel trilogy are yeah. are are very reminiscent. Um, of the and it, and they, it was supposed to have a bit of an Etruscan sort of thing, whereas sure. the uh, other people are supposed to have like a bit of a um, we were going to talk about this about an Egyptian sort of influence, yeah. And thank you very much for reminding me. Obviously, mm. you've got the uh, uh, very uh, prominent Egyptian iconography in Battlestar Galactica, if you mm-hmm. know the series. Um, as a kid, I was fascinated by ancient Egypt. Um, I learned, uh, I tried to learn and read as much as I could about uh, ancient Egyptians. Um, I uh, read as much as I could about King Tut and uh, Howard Carter and uh, the the archaeology the of the time. Um, the helmet here, obviously, the flight helmet is very reminiscent of, you know, a pharaoh's headdress. Mm-hmm. But what but what are the things that, I, you know, that I didn't realize, you know, going back to the ISIS um, show 
is again obviously very egyptian isis the god of the goddess of uh the goddess of i don't know i don't know what she's the goddess of but um yeah um, she's got um and then she carries like a staff which i guess she used what does she do that with the staff of course yeah uh, i can't remember arrows now. would have had a staff right and then she's got the uh the symbol of the ankh i think on her head yeah. and her chest but again it's very egyptian and i think that's like cleopatra right that's one of the things that really attracted me to to the show i mean both shows obviously i think there's a uh kind of a weird little egyptian connection um at least for me which is one of the reasons i i enjoy uh both both shows um and i i, I love it i love it yeah isis is the goddess of healing and magic okay and that symbol she's wearing on her headdress and her um is actually i guess from her iconography mm -hmm. okay uh yeah which it's like queen of, of the throne which is reflected in her headdress yeah cool uh so and it, and actually it's funny because in uh if anybody watches downton abbey the um hugh donneville's character has a dog named isis and then oh, it, okay. it became a problem <laughs> during <laughs> during the war the war of terror <laughs> too funny well anyway i'm a huge i'm a huge uh fan of uh, ralph mccory uh I, he's calling right now he is that was yeah that was him he's texting me <laughs> he's i i think i could probably easily say he was probably one of the most talented um you know, concept artists of like of our century, like of the yeah. century, like probably I can't imagine him more talent. He's incredibly talented. And if you go into a rabbit hole and do research on his uh, his schematics and his drawings, mm -hmm. I, I think you you'd be definitely surprised as how much he has contributed to modern science fiction. Besides yeah. Star Wars. We were talking about this today because uh, first off, I was going to say about the Egyptian thing. There was a like Edgar Casey was a big thing, I think, back in the 70s. And there was a lot of like people were sort of obsessed with the Egypt. I don't know if they call it Egyptology, like Egypt, mm -hmm. Egyptian symbols and that type of thing. And uh, Edgar Casey was like, you know, saw into the future, kind of like a Nostradamus. So there was a lot of like. I don't know. Uh, I th like you say, Tutankhamun was really big yeah. at the time. So I think it seems n normal that that would have sort of seeped into pop culture. Sure. But um, but just it's just it kind of just blows me away how much when I look at everything and even now when I look at something, I'll go, that's 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 Ralph McQuarrie. Like, right. I know that that's him. And there's even like so, and even the the new showrunners and some of the series on uh, Disney, they even do a nod to him. They'll be like, yeah. this is like a nod to Ralph McQuarrie. Like, yeah, it's it's wonderful to see some of those mm -hmm. old designs kind of brought back into the mainstream with some of the new shows. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I know. think that you know, like someone like um, who who's the showrunner of The Mandalorian? He's a really famous director. Uh, John Favreau. John Favreau. You know, he's a huge fan of, mm -hmm. of everything, right? So even the artwork that they include at the end of the show and the music and that sort of right. spaghetti Western sort of feel mm -hmm. like, you know, seven, seven Samurai kind of like spaghetti Western. You know, I just love that, that he just, yeah. they leaned into it so heavily. Sure. It just, it, that just warms my cockles. Yes. 
And, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very big proponent of uh, not walking around uh, here with uh, cold cockles. No, so. no cold cockles, only warm cockles. <laughs> I don't even know what a cockle is. Do you? I know. No, it's like, but is it a I'm glad they're, thing? I'm glad they're warm. <laughs> I just keep them under my armpit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's always like, yeah. So how so, are we doing here, Ro? Are we get are we are we winning the battle? We're winning the battle, absolutely. So you uh you mentioned the uh, some names, or we have both mentioned some names of some uh, very lovely actresses uh, that we uh, enjoy from the seventies. You got Lindsay Wagner, uh, Joanna Cameron uh, from ISIS, and obviously. Um, I got to say, I'm going to go out on a limb, um, but I, I don't think uh, not too many uh, people are going to blame me for this. But I think uh, one of the most beautiful women on television in any era has to be uh, Linda Carter, who starred as Wonder Woman in the show uh, of the, the same name. Yeah, so here that. is uh, here is uh, Wonder Woman's outfit. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, tell us a little bit about why you chose this, although it's plain. You know, painfully obvious the Wonder Woman is an uh, iconic character in the DC universe. Um, but uh, Linda Carter made her, uh, you know, infamous. Yeah, well, she's one of those people. I mean, honestly, she's kind of perfect perfection. I mean, who wouldn't love to work with her? You know, when I was reading about this one designer, he was like, oh, you know, I had to work with you know, I had to sort of, you know, increase the size of breasts. I had to reduce the size of breasts. I had to like squish people in. I had to like, you know, but honestly, she is like perfection. I shared this picture. I believe I shared it with you of her in like a one piece, like a unitard bathing suit, mm-hmm. the blue one. And and thank you, by the way. Yeah. And I put it up on social media and I was like, it's crazy. This like her figure. So it, she must've been an absolute dream just to be able to dress. So her outfit kind of reminds me, I don't know if you guys have ever examined um, like playboy bunnies. It's kind of like a corset style, you know, body, oh, yeah. you know, so it does have, but at the same time, most of it really is her. <laughs> so sure. it's not even that it's not even that, elaborate really Mm -hmm. you can see it in the box there um there's not much to it right and And it's very uh it's very faithful to the comic book um Mm -hmm. costume from the 50s Um, yeah now they they did say that um okay so the the designer's name was don feld and it says his sketches remain quite true to the character's comic book look, though yes. his graceful pencils made the artwork a high style vibe of something you might find in the workroom of Yves Saint Laurent. And uh, the show was originally set in World War II, but once the series moved into the present, the costume changed and the solid gold eagle emblem was replaced by golden stripes and the number of white stars on her trunks were replaced quite a bit. So there was some, you know, so uh, now the one thing I thought I found out, this is, I thought this was really interesting is that her bracelets in, mm-hmm. it's not mentioned in the comics, but in the show, they decided to give it a little bit of a backstory. So they, the bracelets were called the bracelets of submission. Oh, wow. And they were made of a metal known as feminine. <laughs> it's like vibranium, but it's feminine. Right. Right. Yeah. And this metal was never mentioned in the comics and has never been referenced again. But in the two part episode, The Feminine Mystique, the Nazis attempt to harvest the rare rare metal from the from Paradise Island or Themyscira. I'm not sure how you say her home, her home world. 
I think you got um, it right. Yeah. Yeah. Did I get it? Okay. And then the other thing. So the other thing is, so, you know, when she's like, pew, pew, like, you know, they're yeah. shooting at her and she has to do it and there's sparks. Well, that Lucky. was actually a practical effect. So the bracelets had pyrotechnic charges in them. Oh, cool. That created the sparks. They were activated by a remote obscured by Linda Carter in her hand but the remote is often visible especially in the pilot episode so if you ever watch the pilot keep an eye out for that now of all of of all you know we've been talking about preserving costumes and then going to auction and you know them getting trash this is one thing i'm kind of happy about it but at the same time i was a little bit sad so linda carter has her costumes which i was very happy to hear that she should have them you know yeah. really they are she wore them you know uh, it says, uh, she admitted that she still had them. She says, I happen to have one of the costumes from the first season's forties era. So there's a 1940s era and one of them from the updated version, but they're falling in apart. They're falling apart in a closet somewhere oh, like no. that made me so sad. Yeah. Like obviously that picture you showed, there must've been another one. Yeah. Cause it looks like it's perfectly preserved. So Linda, if you're watching this. I love you, but please go into the closet and pull it out and uh, take it to an archivist Yes, <laughs> and see if they could possibly restore it because that would be just such a huge loss. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, and it's funny because I think um, I think, you know, from a pop culture standpoint, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, they are costumes in these television shows and movies are so significant um, not mm -hmm. only for, uh, you know, the, the, their significance, uh, in, in television history, but really in pop culture, I think that's one aspect of, um, of, of our fandom about all these genres that I think is really something that a lot of, a lot of fans don't really, uh, think too, too deeply on, you know, they, they think yeah. of the characters and stuff like that, but, you know, at this point, you know, decades later, where are these items where are these artifacts? And, you know, I, I use the word artifacts because sometimes they are they're old and, and forgotten relics of, of mm -hmm. a time long past. And, um, you know, if I had like Elon Musk money, I would uh, create a museum to house and take care of all these uh, wonderful, wonderful things. I, I think uh, it's too bad that um, that there isn't uh, or maybe there is an organization you might know uh maybe an organization to kind of, uh, you know, kind of house all of these. Well, Debbie Reynolds used to have one of the best collections, but yes. I she ended up selling, she ended up selling yeah. it. And I don't know if she had any of Carrie Fisher's things, but she had a lot of her own stuff right in there. Yeah. And she had a lot of like, even her friends, like, you know, uh, Liz Taylor would go here, here's my Cleopatra cloak or something. <laughs> so, right. Um, oh, by the way, I just, I did want to say this. And I think this is a very rare case that, the costume designer did win an Emmy for his designs on the show, Very which nice. is so incredibly rare for a science fiction show to win, sure. or actually, sorry, in this case, it's a superhero show. Right now they have started adding categories, but that they didn't do this years ago. They only had one category, like best costumes. Sure. Outstanding costume design. I think it was called nowadays. They have like science fiction, fantasy, they have, contemporary they have historical it was back then they only had the one category sure so he would have had to have gone up against everyone all of the other shows sure and That's tough. i hate to say this but back then like fantasy science fiction um uh superheroes were not given the same right. attention 
it was all just, you know, kitty stuff, not yeah. very serious. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, it would have been like, you know, uh, a B, you know, BBC type show or something. Right. Era, you know, yeah. or like, you know, something, something a little more serious would it would have been more likely to win. But I guess it was so amazing. It was so outstanding that they were like, we have to give it to him. So I think sure. that's so great. It is. Um, let's play a little what if game. Do you remember who the actress was before Linda Carter that, that played Wonder Woman? No. In a movie. Eartha Kitt. There was, <laughs> no, no. There was a Wonder Woman. Uh, there was a Wonder Woman movie that. Um, no. Is it someone it, I would know? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Back in the day. Was she blonde? And was she brunette with blue eyes? No, she was actually blonde. Like, oh, like blonde. See, that doesn't work for me at all. 19, 1974. Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, wow. Well, she's gorgeous. Yeah. She was gorgeous. Yeah. But, and the costume was completely different. It was more yeah. covered up. Um, yeah. less probably uh, because of the sensors. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> If someone funny. was writing something about that to me today uh, on my Logan's Run video, because mm. you know Logan's Run is like just a year after Star Wars. Right. And it's incredibly skimpy, like even more skimpy than any of the things that we're showing, I think, right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, but apparently a lot of, I guess, because of the censor laws, I think they still had them in the 60s. So it was like once the censor laws were, were lifted, mm -hmm. they were like, let's go at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, let's just do it. See what happens. Too funny. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So I got one more, which is one of my picks. And I think yeah. uh, maybe two years ago, I did a rewatch of two seasons of everyone's favorite show on television during the 70s space yeah. 1999 i love this show like uh, growing up i absolutely love this show yes absolutely i think uh again it's one of those shows from the 70s that obviously at first glance it's very you know you get uh, a corn factor you get kind of like a tongue-in-cheek thing Mm -hmm. Um, but when you really start watching the show, the drama, the actors, um, especially, uh, what's this actor's name? Martin um, Landau. Mar yeah. Martin Landau. Mm -hmm. He had such a, he had such a wonderful philosophy about the show and how the writers should treat the, the premise, uh, and the characters that I think, um, because of his, uh, his staunch, um, be belief in in the show and all the actors that were part of it. I think that's why it was uh, it became such a cult classic. Now, season two, there's a lot of shows that suffered. Um, we'll call it the Fred Freiberger syndrome uh, of second season television shows. He was a producer that um, that uh, kind of changed a lot of television in the 70s, especially long running science fiction. You've got uh, you know he handled Star Trek. Uh, towards the end, he did Buck Rogers second season. The second season was so different than the first season. And that mm -hmm. also includes space 1999. He had this philosophy of, okay, we did the first season. Let's change everything um, for the second season because people have already seen what, uh, what this show is about for this first season. Nobody's going to want to come back to see something uh, similar in, in the second season. So let's change everything. And that uh, that was kind of the demise of a lot of science fiction television that ran uh, a second season under his watch. Um, we, again, the Fred Freiberger 
um, syndrome. But um, again, you know, being a, being a kid with a lot of crushes back in the day, I think Maya, this shapeshifter character was another one of one of my crushes. Yeah. She had those. Um, I was, I was, I was super fascinated with her, her eyebrows. They were like dots. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what is going on there? What was, what was she a hybrid? I can't remember what she was. She was a uh, half human, half uh shapeshifter. Mm. Okay. Can I ask you, I don't know. I can't, what year was this from? 1979, I think. No, because I'm sorry. No, less than 70, not, not 79. 1975 to 77. Because I'm looking at this space uniforms and do they not look like Stanley Kubrick's uniforms from 2001 Space Odyssey? Yes. And what year was Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001 movie came out? I don't know. I'm going to look it up now. Yeah. So Space 1999 was uh, 1975 to 1977. Catherine oh, Show. It's 68. So, yeah. Okay. So they. They probably. Wow. wow that's I mean, crazy that that was 68. Yeah. They might have borrowed. Um, uh, you know what that's, I mean, they, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I would, I totally yeah, would. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. Cause I, uh, the one thing when I was doing my look, cause I did Logan's run the movie and then I went and did Logan's run the TV show. I went back and rewatched the whole thing and it was, by the way, it was a blast. I had so much fun watching it. And the thing that I always notice in all seventies shows, TV shows is mock turtlenecks. I don't, I do oh, not know what the deal is with those. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or dickies you know they always wore like a dicky right um it seems to be and then kind of a bit of a leisure suit you know like that relaxed fit like an unstructured suit that seems to be what they envision in the future like they don't wear suit suits they wear a, a relaxed a relaxed yeah, sure. casual suit that's comfortable and you can lounge in and it yeah. won't wrinkle because it's mm. polyester right it's too funny Nicole, we should do this again. The 80s. The, we should do the eighties. Eighties version. Nicole, yeah. I love it. Yes. Are you up absolutely. for it? That'll be so fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> to do the eighties. Space nineteen ninety nine was a uh, a very interesting show. The if uh, if you pay attention to the actors uh, during the show, um, and obviously this was before Star Wars. The last show aired in 1977, but there's a lot of Star Wars actors in Space 1999. You've got Peter Cushing. You've got David Prowse. Wow. Um, you've got um, and David Prowse is himself. Like he's no David Prowse. Unfortunately, has always played a creature or someone with okay. a mask on. So, in, was he using in... his own voice? Uh, as far as only him gro growling and grunting because he played a creature. Okay. Okay. Cause he's got a, he's got a bit of a squeaky. Yeah. A squeaky British force. Yeah. Totally. I don't know. Sorry. That's a terrible. Hack hackney. Uh, yeah. yeah. Somebody. Yeah. So, Cockney. It's a terrible yeah. uh, impression of uh, poor David Prowse. <laughs> but um, yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Star Wars actors in there. Like uh, when I was doing my rewatch, I'm like, Oh, I recognize him. And I recognize that guy mm -hmm. and this guy. And like Does I Peter said, Cushing not have the best cheekbones of all time. Like swear yeah. to God, his cheekbones are totally. like <gasps> sculpted. You know, and they, and they did Perfect. a lot of those hammer films and stuff. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so out would of, be fun too. Sixties would be fun. Um, so out of all the shows, out of all of your picks, um, or let's clump them all together. I mean, what, what were some of your favorite uh, shows watching, um, 
watching for costumes, but what are, what are some of the favorite shows that you selected today? Um, I would probably say that Buck Rogers for sure was my absolute yeah. favorite. Um, I remember I went and stayed, we were traveling and I had to stay with my aunt and uncle and they used to watch the Waltons. Do you remember? Did you ever watch that? Show? I did not watch the Waltons. Obviously I know about the Waltons. They called it the Walnuts. My, my aunt walnuts, uncle. Anyway, yeah. I was, I was 10, I think I was 10, maybe 12 or something. And they were like, what's wrong, Heidi? And I'm like, well, I usually watch Buck Rogers <laughs> on Sunday nights, you know, and I was devastated. And they actually let me and they sat with me and watched Buck Rogers. Oh, wow. Because oh, my mom had left me there. And yeah. if I had to, I missed an episode. And, and you guys, I think if you are of our age, you know that we didn't get to go back and rewatch it later. If once it aired, right. that was it. That was it. Yeah. No VCRs, no YouTube, no nothing. Or something or reruns sometimes. So once you missed it, that was it. So was I was going to be completely. <laughs> Dave Richards is from West the UK. County accent. Yeah. Dave Richards is from the UK. So he, he'll, he'll know. Oh, thanks Dave. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Poor. I, I kind of feel bad for David Prowse because you know, he, he's kind of an unsung hero. He did all the physical work, you know, yeah. and not, I mean like Andy Samberg, you know, like not Andy Samberg, Andy, <laughs> the other Andy. Um, Oh, of course I remember the littlest hobo. I don't remember of that course one. It's a Canadian show. It's oh. about a little dog. Oh that, yeah. Charles is Canadian. A, yes. He, he is, um, it's a German shepherd that goes from town to town and he <laughs> takes on a little case each episode. Yeah. It's very Canadian. I love the littlest hobo. Too funny. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. Um, um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I was, I was, so Buck Rogers for sure. Buck Go Rogers. ahead. You tell me what um, yours Well, I, I'm upset that we didn't include Princess Ardala's costume or lack thereof um, in our um, costumes, but. Uh, yes. Maybe we can do it another time. But she, absolutely. I mean, her, she, oh, she was amazing, by the way. Yeah. It's kind of like the lady from V. She kind of reminds me of her. You know, did you ever watch V? If we're going to do yeah. the 80s, we could do maybe V. Yeah. Um, kind of had a similar, you know, Jane, sexy. What's her name? Jane Badler. Oh, she was yeah, so good. She was great. Oh, amazing. Absolutely. The other show I probably would have included if um, I, but just maybe the costumes weren't as like riveting is the Planet of the Apes series. Yes. Uh, it was actually really good. I, yeah. I went on a binge at one point and I rewatched all of the Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. And it was, and then it kind of eventually kind of, I don't know, it just sort of petered out, I think. Sure. But such a great show. But I, I couldn't think of like a, a costume from that. The movie, super iconic. Sure. But I couldn't think of anything from the series that would have made me go. That's something I would put in this show. Yeah. Diana so, V. Yes. Diana. Yeah. So one of the um, one of my favorite shows that we picked tonight is uh, I mean, I, I, I've got a special um, love for Space 1999, but I think Battlestar Galactica for me is uh, another one of those shows that. I don't care, you know, if it's on TV or wherever it's playing, I will sit down and I'll watch an episode of, of, uh, the original Battlestar Galactica. Which, I'm gonna uh, watch, I think I'm going to watch, try and find the pilot. Yeah. Um, oh, and I just bought the steel book of the, of the movie, um, oh. on, on Blu-ray. Um, totally forgot. I bought that with the creator Best Buy had a sale and I bought those two, but the steel book of Battlestar Galactica, uh the, the the movie um is great bro did you watch were you a big doctor who fan like i never got into doctor who i don't know if it was because i was in canada we didn't i didn't really 
we, it wasn't on TV here like that I know of, or I didn't get into Dr. Who until later in life. My friends yeah. in school really, really loved Dr. Who, but I thought it was cheesy. I thought it was too theatrical. Yeah. The, like Red Dwarf like, or like yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I got into it uh, when I was more of an adult. Cause I watched, uh, I watched the first one. Um, the first of the new one with my like son, we got into it. No, even back. Um, uh, Chris the, Eccleston. Yes, yeah. That, yeah. So I started yeah. watching with that with my son and we, we really enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, you know, more mo modern stuff, but, uh, I never got, I never got into the, uh, you know, the original ones, although, you know, I'm, I'm aware of, uh, Tom Baker. Mm -hmm. Um, and whenever um, I go to like a comic con or whatever, there's always sure. Daleks everywhere. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know much about it. Uh, like my husband's a really into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like that's, I think, which is a similar, you know, yeah. he loves that kind of stuff. Hi, comics um, and cosmetics. You, well, oh, you missed everything. I don't know what you, to tell you. <laughs> you missed this specifically. So, oh, well, <laughs> but, um, all right, so I wanted to do a, a giveaway. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show um, that uh, I wanted to give away some of these uh, little items that we that I bought on uh, the Etsy shop. If you are familiar with uh, my collaboration here with Heidi, we've done uh, we've done quite a few shows with Prop Store, so um, I want to give you guys instructions on how to uh, win some of the oh really comics and cosmetics says that they've been working on a linda carter video all week yes. that is so cool yeah absolutely. i can't wait to you see it make sure you subscribe to her channel she's yes. uh, fantastic um okay so here are the rules to win one of uh, i got three items so it's an ahsoka it's this little grogu and uh the uh shore trooper which i didn't put on the graphic but the shore trooper um little lego earrings which are really cool um as i mentioned um heidi and i have done a couple of shows with prop store we covered uh you know some star wars items we covered mm -hmm. uh some other movie items um if you want to uh if you want to qualify to win one of these uh Etsy uh, items from your weird ant shop on Etsy. Uh, do me a favor, screenshot a shot of yourself enjoying one of Heidi and I's uh, prop store videos and uh, tag both of us. And um, I will randomly select in the next uh, week and a half, I will randomly select a winner and I will send out uh, either the Ahsoka oh. or the Grogu. Yeah. Oh, are you doing the, are you doing the short trooper or no? I, I am. Uh, no, I, I'll do the short trooper. Okay. Charles me... is asking you have it in your hand though. There, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Here oh, is so cute. They're, How heavy uh... are they? Are they heavy? No, not oh, okay. at all. So they won't hurt your ears if you wear yeah. them. There you go. There's oh, they're so cute. Yeah. But the Ahsoka is really nice too. Yeah. They are really nice. I like the Grogu too there i love those i think there's and i like them because they're a little bit smaller i don't know if i'd be comfortable wearing big earrings like that right <laughs> nicole turn says around. they look good on charles turn around grogu oh so cute and he's got they the are, nice big ears they are cute mm -hmm. um so yeah like i said um heidi and i have done a couple of uh collaborations with prop store screenshot of uh, a shot of yourself enjoying one of those prop store videos uh with 
uh, with me and Heidi. And then make sure to uh, subscribe to uh, Heidi's channel and give her a follow on uh, oh, thanks, on, guys. The, on the Twitter. Um, here is her information. Make sure you follow her. And uh, Heidi will be back. Um, we're going to do some more collaborations. I really love hanging By out with you, By the way, if Heidi. you're wondering why I have this weird name on, on Twitter, uh, I used to... <laughs> I had I had this stupid idea when I first started my YouTube channel to call myself a uh, costume cine cinematographico, which is like cinematic costume in Italian. Bro, you know that, right? Right, right, right. So, and it was so terrible because first of all, I couldn't say it. And like, hi everyone, welcome back. You know, I couldn't say it. And then finally, I and then people were like, "That is way too long of a name, and you're not Italian. Why are you doing that? It's stupid." So I just said, "Okay, fine." So I just changed it to costume Co. <laughs> So that's too the funny. reason. That's the, uh, you know, the long and the short of it. That's and too I'm, funny. And I've got my cockles here under my arm. They're so warm. Toasty. Keeping them toasty warm. <laughs> Heidi, it's been fantastic hanging Aww. out with you. I love you when well. you stop by the Citadel here at the Scarab Scuttlebutt Pop. I love it. And can I add that I just, like, first of all, your graphics are just top drawer. Like, everything <laughs> looks amazing. And I was just Thank like, you I, just, so much. I just sort of showed up and you've got all this put together and, you know, packaged beautifully and got that well, cool opening. And it's like, woo! So I just <laughs> want to appreciate you. Thank you so much. Your fans uh, should, should should appreciate you. They should nothing you know, but the like. best. Nothing but the best for my audience and my <laughs> guests. So thank you so much. But uh, you know, if you do want to appreciate me a little more, the uh, there's a pinned um, comment up top in the chat. Um, head on over to what is it? Buymeacoffee.com buy slash scarf. Yep. Buy me a cup of coffee. Uh, yeah, give me a cup of coffee there. But um, absolutely. Uh, I love hanging out with you, Heidi. Thank you so much for stopping by talking 70s sci-fi costumes. Uh, we uh, we did some we did some good stuff, man. Loved it. I think we did. And I'm going to probably rewatch this because I'm sort of like enjoyed just, you know, um, revisiting these amazing right? shows from our from our childhood. And I think and we I haven't, asked, I haven't asked Ro his age, but I suspect that we probably like, you know, <laughs> my wife would, my age. wife would say I'm 12. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm immature. <laughs> Excellent. There's Aww, nothing wrong with so that. Thanks so much. <laughs> Comics and co cosmetics. Those love Heidi is, Heidi is pretty dope. So, uh, love having her, uh, I'm a big nerd. Oh, by the way. Oh, and if you guys go on Twitter, you have to check out like Rose adorbs, uh, you know, going oh my, to um, see the Phantom 1999 Menace. Phantom Menace picture. I, oh my gosh. So cute. How cute were you? <laughs> yeah. Were? Uh, no, you are still cute. You're handsome now. You were adorable then you're handsome now. Thank you so much. You've grown, into your, you've grown into your look. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, why don't you tell folks where people can find you, Heidi, and uh, make sure, sure to... I'm uh, usually down look. the street corner selling crack. No, I'm not. <laughs> wow, Canadian crack dealer. I didn't... Yeah, no, it would be pot because it's legal <laughs> yeah, right. here. Yeah, yeah. I can I can grow three plants. It's totally legal. Um, no, I, sorry, I'm just to totally joking. Um, I am on Twitter. Uh, that's usually, you can hit me up there. I'm on Instagram now too. And I have my channel, Costume Co. And I'm working on a video. This is really weird, but I'm working on a video about the jewelry in, um, the Gilded Age, like the TV oh, show, nice. the Gilded Age. So it, there's a lot of like sort of Royal influences, you know, from mm -hmm. the Royal family. So it's, it's been really, really fun. I'm working on that. Yes. I'm in Toronto. So I'm on a, I'm in a corner in Toronto selling crack. <laughs> And uh, thanks, Charles. I'm, 
I'm trying no, to get no Heidi. To, I'm trying to get Heidi to come down to Chicago for ScareCon. So I'm gonna, uh, they're gonna actually they're in Toronto. We can go to the Island Airport and it will fly directly to Chicago. So we have to work that out. I Excellent. really want to come. That would be awesome. We'll have mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Bro, you're 77. Wow, you look amazing. I know. Oil of Olay. <laughs> I don't even think they make that anymore. <laughs> don't they don't? I don't know. Interesting. I'm that old that they don't make it anymore. No, that's too funny. Oh, too funny. Um, I just want to thank everybody in the chat. Uh, if you came early, if you came late, thank you so much. Uh, and if you are just joining us, we T-voted for you. So hit the rewind and uh, watch it. I'm also going to put the audio in our audio feed for folks that uh, are not into the YouTubes. But if you want to listen to it while you're running errands to and fro, cutting the grass, doing some grocery shopping, and uh, we'll put this uh, this episode in the chat, in the uh, podcast feed. But, uh, guys, thank you so much, everybody in the chat. You guys have been wonderful, and uh, the support on weekends here is uh, great. Heidi, you are welcome anytime. But, yeah, we definitely Aww. have to watch. I'll change that 70s to an 80s, and we'll go from there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start thinking about it. Thank you so much. Um, excellent. Until next time. This is Ro from the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast, part of the Red 5 Network. If you want to check out the rest of the Red 5 Network, there are a couple of us in the chat. Head on over to bio.link slash red5. We've got a uh, plethora of other content creators as part of the Red 5 Network. Talk to you guys later. Heidi, thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs>